0: Business, lifestyle, social media, powerful women? Do any of these words interest you? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Behind the Girl Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, and this is the place where you can learn about powerful business women who are thriving in whatever they do. Get your notebooks ready and let's get learning. Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back to Behind the Girl Boss? I hope you guys are doing well. I have been having a week, a time, a moment. I feel like no one really talks about this a lot, but When you're like self-employed and your own boss and things like that, the financial insecurity that you can have if you aren't already like popping off and whatever you're doing is so scary and so stressful. I've been dealing a lot with that because in my head, I'm like, oh my God, on TikTok, everyone has been like talking about how they made like hundred thousand dollars in their first year being self-employed and i'm not on track to make a hundred thousand dollars in my first year probably not even half of that if we're being honest um because i love to be transparent but like in my head i'm like oh my god like how is everyone doing this like what are their tips what am i doing wrong what's wrong with me blah 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 and then i've kind of realized that one i don't know if these people are telling the truth and two their journey is completely different from my journey and the amount of money i make is not going to be the same amount of money as Anyone makes like we're all different. We're all going through our own journeys our own moments our own times and everything like that So I had to kind of ground myself and remind myself that The route that i'm on is the route that's for me the journey for me and everything like that So I kind of just wanted to bring that up because i've been dealing a lot with that And I feel like a lot of people can be dealing with that and I don't know It's just something that stressed me out a lot but I want to just bring that up and remind ourselves and each other that financial insecurity is a thing And that our journey is never going to be the same as someone else's. So my little tip of the week. (laughs) Um, But we're going to start off our episode with the little mantra of the week or of the day. And that mantra is your only limit is your mind. I feel that that coincides with what I was just talking about that I set these boundaries and I set these limits for myself and I kind of compare myself to these other people and I break down and like, I'm like, oh, this is not for me. Like I should have done something else, blah, blah, blah. And that's my own mind limiting my capability limiting my journey because I'm the only one who can get me to where I want to be and that's that. So (laughs) the mantra is your only limit is your mind. With that being said, today's episode I'm really really excited for. We have a montreal gal on the podcast we have sharon brand on the podcast sharon is the founder of brands media group which is a montreal based social media agency and their mantra is grow your community connect with the right people elevate your business we are brands media group i love this conversation i love 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 speaking to people who live in montreal as well because if you're new to the podcast i live in montreal canada and there's not that many creators here There's not that many people that I can connect with here personally, especially because it's very French here and I'm a English creator. I only generally really connect with English creators, Um, but we had Sharon on the podcast. We talked all about like college life. We talked about opening up a social media agency. We talked about pricing. We talked about working in a office space, working with other team members, and we talked about social media strategy. I really, really enjoyed this conversation and I really loved connecting with Sharon. And I'm sure if you are someone who is interested in social media and opening up your own agency or looking for a company to work with for your brand, this episode is for you and you should keep on listening. Hey everyone, what's up? And welcome back to Behind the Girl Boss. So today we have Sharon with us. So hi, Sharon.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy and thrilled that I can share my story and just everything entrepreneurship.
0: Yes, I'm so excited to have you on. Um, Do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I'm Sharon. I was born in Paris, grew up in Montreal, and then I studied abroad for six years. Uh, So I went to Tel Aviv and to New York and then back to Paris And it's only recently that I moved back to Montreal. So always love speaking with fellow Canadians. Um, But yeah, I moved back in October. And ever since, uh, I mean, it's been two years now. We work, I mean, I work in a social media agency that I founded. Um, It's called Brands Media Group. And it's everything to grow our clients, businesses, brands account online organically. So everything is done in an organic way. So using doing the content creation, the photography, the building the community this way. And it's been quite a ride.
0: I'm excited to dive into that and know more about your brand and who you are. Um, but before we do that, I like to do a hot seat segment to kind of just break the ice and no little fun facts about you. <laughs> so the first one is, what's your go-to coffee order? Oh, my God.
1: It's so boring because people love putting <laughs> milk and sugar and all that. Mine is just a black coffee with no milk, no sugar, but iced.
0: Okay. So, like... I've tried I've tried to do that but I feel like it's so like it's too strong for me I'm very much like the oat milk type of person so
1: I know well once you do oat milk you can go back also which is really tough but I just love the the like strong taste of coffee and that I I, sometimes I take decaf like that Mm -hmm. you know like that it's not as strong
0: yeah yeah no I feel that um the next one is if you could pick up I mean, you kind of done this already, but if you can pick up and move anywhere, where would it be?
1: Right now, it would be Tel Aviv. Yeah. Yeah. I lived there for three years and I'd do it again in a second.
0: <laughs> I've never been. I have to go. It looks, yeah, I've seen pictures, yes. but it looks gorgeous.
1: It's kind of like a New York with a beach. Mm-hmm. If That's how you can imagine. That's the it. both worlds. It's exactly like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, okay, and the last one is what's one movie you can rewatch over and over and never get tired of?
1: Oh my god, The Lion King, a hundred percent. Yes,
0: yes. So good. Even the music yeah, in is my it, favorite like everything. Movie. So good.
1: Everything. <laughs> the the movie, the story, the music, all of yes. it. I'm obsessed with The Lion King.
0: So good. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, okay, so I split the podcast into sections. So we're gonna start off by talking a little bit about um who you are and what you did for college, moving on to brands media group, um, and then social media strategy and then finishing off with Instagram questions. So you kind of brought this up a little bit already but so you went to college um what did you end up studying in college?
1: Yeah so you know it's actually interesting because what I wanted to do at the beginning is not what I ended up doing now mm-hmm. and in the end I'm super happy and the the whole basically the whole beginning starts with me being a really creative person and I've always I I draw I draw since I'm little uh, since I'm I could hold a pen really. And I always wanted to go into animation and like school for Disney and to work at Disney and all that. I actually didn't get in the program uh, because in Montreal, right, we have those like two years of Yeah. So I applied to do a 3D animation program at Dawson and I didn't get in. And after that, I was so devastated because I was kind of like, well, what am I going to do? Like, this is Mm -hmm. it. I don't know anything else. And I actually got in my second choice program, which was Studio Arts. And in this program, we had... Basically classes of all kinds. So painting, sculpting, journalism, animation, all of it. And so when I was in that program, I realized, oh my God, journalism is really fun. I love interviewing people. I love taking pictures and, you know, writing stories and all that. And then after CJEP, I did a bachelor in communication and marketing. That's when I went to Lviv. And then while I was there, I started a travel blog. So I was kind of combining Mm -hmm. everything that I've always loved together on one website And I've also always, always loved fashion. It's a really big part of who I am. And so for my master's, I studied fashion studies and then basically kind of combined communication and fashion and created Brands Media Group during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of because you could really start off wanting to do something and then not getting it. And you could be crushed and really down. But then you just have to remember, like, if this is not your path, there's something else out there for you. Yeah. And, you know, what is meant to be for you will be it.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. And I feel like that's like something not a lot of people talk about, like either one, not getting into their program that they thought was like for them or two, changing programs. Because in I, I went to Dawson as well. Um, And I ended up in one program and then I changed to another program. And even at Concordia, when I did my bachelor's, I started in one program, then I switched to another because I knew like that wasn't for me. And I think that's like, I mean, I stayed in school a little longer, but at the end of the day, I did something that I liked. And I feel like through all that, you kind of, you find out who you are more and find out more of like what you want to do as a career path. Um, For yourself, when did you know like entrepreneurship was the route that you were going to take?
1: So I always knew that I wanted to create something of my own. I just Mm -hmm. didn't know what it would be really. But I think it's what you said, like it's it takes really a strong person to really know, okay, what's meant to be ours and what it is that we should be doing. And so after I had the blog and the travel blog, I really grew my network online, like on Instagram, on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. all of it. And I realized, wow, there's something really powerful about social media and the way you can connect with people and all that. During the pandemic, I came back home to Montreal to not be alone in Paris while Mm -hmm. everything was closing. And my dad was kind of like, Sean, you should should open a business because everyone was asking me for social media advice because everything was closing and all of it went digital. So I just, you know, it happened so quick and so unexpectedly that I kind of like dived into it and, and then it just kind of was a snowball effect where I never stopped it and I don't want to stop it. But mm-hmm. I never really planned like, okay, I will be an entrepreneur. I will be yeah. doing this after school. It just really happened because of COVID.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that happened for a lot of people as well. Like, because we were with ourselves so much, and like we had so much more time because mostly everything was closed, we were able to discover like things that we liked. Or so many people started new businesses during COVID. So, what would you say has been your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur so far?
1: I absolutely love working with a team uh since day one i had a team and it was we were only two at the beginning now we're four so in tweet we're kind of growing slowly but surely but there's something so special about working with people who believe in what you created and you know didn't know you before their friends they really they found me through instagram which and reinforce the oh my god is so, yes, so powerful but I think the work we're doing is so special because we're helping people who have brands and want to, you know, grow a community online, and doing this with people who love the idea and the concept in social media too. It's so inspiring. Yeah, uh, it's really what gets me up in the morning. Like I. I love social media, but working with a team who loves social media, it's even, even more
0: than that. You know, it's, yeah. it's incredible. So what services does your company offer at the moment?
1: Right now, we're doing everything from branding, to social media management, platform management, creating content, photo shoots. Uh, we are not doing, for example, paid ads. We outsource this just to another agency. Mm-hmm. But our team, we're really, really, really focusing on the creative aspect of things. So either it's stories, feed posts, uh, photo shoot, all of that. We have crazy creative ideas, like sometimes thinking outside of the box, you know, our clients are like, oh, my God, how did you even think of those mm-hmm. uh, those ideas? It's like so out there, but it works and yeah. it's just so much fun to see it come to
0: life as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, So this is the part that I feel like is the most difficult part, at least for me. Um, and some other people I sp- spoke to, but how do you kind of come up with the prices for these different services?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So when I started, I had no idea what would be, you know, a good price to, mm-hmm. to pinpoint it. I had social media experience, but nothing with an agency. So yeah. I didn't really know what price I should put on. So it was very, 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 very cheap services. And then I feel like as I, you know, grew in terms of clients and of experience and of Adding people to brand book to our brand book and to the work that we've done, I was able to work with a consultant who, who is a consultant. Sorry for big uh, businesses and who works in how to define a price. Mm-hmm. So I kind of worked with like price multiplier, and it was a, a whole lot of mathematical yeah. equation. Um, on his part, because I have no, I had no idea what he was doing. I was just telling mm-hmm. him about the services and all that. Yeah. So today we, when I send in a proposal, I have grade with all my services. And with that price multiplier that we use, we're able to pinpoint a price for depending on how much the clients want to post.
0: Okay, cool. And you kind of spoke about this before um, we started like the podcast, but how do you run your business? Like, is it all from home? You have an office space? Is it like hybrid? Are you always in the office? How does it kind of work?
1: Yeah. So we started at home and it's really funny because we, I started, I was in Montreal, but then I had to fly back to Paris because I lived there. So I was working in Paris in my little apartment there and everything was going so well because it was a Canadian based uh, company. I decided to move back here for this reason to grow the team here. So when I moved back here, I was working from home all the time and all my team members, they always came over, and it was very, you know, funny because there's no boundaries in the end of your personal life and work yeah. life. And the people who work with me, and you know, now we're really good friends. And I don't care if they come in my room and work in my room, but mm-hmm. you, it's always nice to have this space. Like, okay, this is work, and this is the room that I'm sleeping. Yeah. In. So we actually just got an office uh, a month ago, and it's just a little space, but there's a table, four chairs. Mm -hmm. We're all working there, and it's so special. So now we are working three times a week there and twice a week from home. I really believe that people are super productive at home as well. So I don't want to have them come in every day because they get as much done when they're home. Yeah,
0: but I think that's important what you said to have like kind of work-life balance as well, because... Especially during COVID, like being in school and working all from like the desk of my room, it was hard to kind of shut off. And even being an entrepreneur, I'm sure you can relate to this. You don't work a nine to five. Sometimes you're working literally so many hours in a day, and it's hard to shut off because like it's your business, it's your little baby. Like you want to see it grow and you want to keep working on it. So, how do you kind of like make sure that at like a certain point each day, like you stop working and you take time for yourself?
1: Yeah. And that's a really good point you're making. It was so hard because the worst. Part was ending the day because I was in my room. So even when I said, okay, like I'm trying to log off, if my computer was open and I got emails, I would answer them because I was in my room. So it's like, why shouldn't I answer it? Mm -hmm. I feel like it's setting clear and really strong boundaries with yourself and really shutting off your computer. Like, okay, past 5 p.m., I'm not applying to these emails, like I'm turning it off. Mm -hmm. And then I have everything on my phone anyways, but not looking at Instagram account of my clients on my phone, for example, and just on my personal account for the whole weekend. That's really tough because I'm super OCD. And when I see there's like Mm -hmm. one notification on my client's account, I'm always like going on every account. But now I force myself. I'm like, no, Sharon, you're not going on your accounts. You're just staying on your personal. But yeah, I think it's also different for everyone. Like this is what worked for me. And I think it's finding your own rhythm and finding what works best for you so you don't burn out and you Mm -hmm. feel still like sane, you know, doing it all.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's so hard. And like, even like sometimes, cause I'm sure like you grow, you're growing like your own personal. Sometimes it's just like hard to just, I don't know, like not, I can't, it's really bad to say this, but like. I feel like there's not a day that goes by that I'm not on my phone on social media and even though yes it's my job I feel like even like at night time I'm just scrolling on Instagram scrolling on TikTok like I need to like learn how to just put my phone down and like I don't know read a book or something for like more than in, like 30 minutes
1: but the problem with that is that I mean it, it's addicting it's addicting mm-hmm. to scroll and to see what other people are posting and it's a big thing to also curate your own feed because it's like you you have your podcast instagram account you also have your personal Mm -hmm. and even for me i love building on my personal page and i haven't had so much time because yeah there's so much work to do but when it's on my personal page i don't feel as guilty anymore i because i really
0: love it Mm -hmm. it's just it's hard yeah I feel like I just need to like learn like to just do something that's not on Instagram or something but like you said like it's just fun and like after work it's like I just look at my friends stuff and things so it's hard to like kind of separate it but we'll learn as we go
1: Um, I feel like this is a good reminder for everyone like turn off your phone tonight and just read a book Draw, paint, yeah, go outside something. for a walk, do something without your phone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, how do you go about getting clients?
1: It's really interesting because on May first, twenty twenty, when we launched, we got our first three clients, which was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Also, I was kind of felt like a dream. And again, I had no idea what I was doing. So, I had no idea what I was doing in terms of invoicing, in terms of first discovery call, and you know, in terms of email. I was just being like myself and mm-hmm. you know did it with intuition in the end it all worked out and these clients found us through network of people who had my travel blog when I launched the travel blog so this is really just such a key point here that put yourself out there speak with people around you you know show what you're doing to the world if you can on social yeah and real life when you speak to people leave your business card just introduce yourself um, because all this network that I built living in Tel Aviv and New York and Paris it all led to this to BMG working today yeah. for real I wouldn't have landed my first three clients and then everything followed from there mm-hmm. people saw that you know I had three clients they wanted to work with us and today we built something that I went to Cathcart last week and someone told me oh my God, you're Sharon from BMG, right? And I was my like, God. oh my God, is this a dream? Like,
0: what is this? <laughs> That's so cool. Um, So how do you go about invoicing your clients? Like, do you use a certain platform? Do you do it all manually?
1: All manually. Right now, it, uh, it's all manual because I really want to make sure that everything is, you know, good to go, everyone. And I know at some point I'm going to have to let this go. And that's also really Mm -hmm. hard as an entrepreneur to delegate and, you know, not do some certain things because I really like having the control on it all. Yeah. But it's not sustainable long term to do 10 invoices, 10 proposals, 10 payments by myself.
0: (laughs) No, yeah, no, 100%. So what's one thing you wish you knew before starting Brands Media Group?
1: I love this question. Uh, I wish I knew that it's not always glamorous, you know, being an entrepreneur and working for yourself. I kind of thought like, oh, I have, I would have the liberty and the freedom to do whatever I want, whenever I want. And I do, I can go wherever I want, work from anywhere, but with it comes a lot of work that is added and a lot of pressure and stress and it's really tough to do it all really mm-hmm. I thought oh you know I'm working for myself I can go to New York for a weekend or whatever and I do it and I live my life to the fullest and it's so much fun but it's also draining
0: yeah yeah no 100% and like like when you go on vacation and stuff like that it's hard like I don't know if you have you gone like on a long vacation yet I haven't been on vacation for two years and a half yeah. that's something a- yeah. I
1: wish I knew <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like I don't know how to like se- like because I'm planning to go to Europe next year for two weeks and it's going to be so hard to like separate myself from the business and everything that I have because like you want to be there for like your clients but at the same time like you do need a break as well so it's just like it's, it's difficult and no one really talks about yeah. that and like you said it's always glamorized but it's a lot of work and tiring.
1: Yeah, I feel like the thing you can tell yourself or, you know, for anyone listening that does need a break, it's be open to it with your clients. And I haven't done it, but I'm sure that it would work if everything is planned and scheduled, for example, for a social agency, really tell them like, I will be off from this to this day, because I need reset and refresh and mm-hmm. come back stronger. And there's nothing, you know, that doesn't make you weak. If anything, it makes you really strong to know what you need for your own body. I think right now, like what I'm telling myself is I'm working really hard right now. I'm not going out on anything because I know how to take my breaks, but I'm working really hard for maybe, you know, in 10 years. Or in five years, I hope earlier than that, I can take a really <laughs> nice vacation Yeah, and I will have a full team, you know, managing it all. And it
0: would be, it'll be worth it if this could happen. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Um, so opening up a business full-time can be obviously very scary and hard. How did you make sure you'd be financially stable to open up something so big? Because especially at the beginning of freelance or opening a business, the pay is not always um what's the word stable like stable yeah so how did you like kind of make sure that you'd be financially okay
1: yeah so I I feel super grateful and fortunate because my parents have always been super supportive um you know of me like financially and emotionally and for the business as well I'm super lucky because when I opened BMG it was COVID and I went to live back home Mm -hmm. so I had uh you know no rent to pay and no food really to pay I was just living at home for the next 6 months I was there. So I was really able to have the first clients and kind of secure, you know, at least like a financial security yeah. before going just back to Paris and doing this really full-time and deciding that I would do this full-time. So I really I really believe that being back home during COVID helped me.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Um so you brought up that you have your team of 4 right now, right? Yes. When did you like decide that it was like time to start adding people to the team and how did you did you like, how was the interview process for that? Yes. So it's a
1: really funny story, actually. So I was in Montreal and I was going back to Paris to do an internship when I had launched BMG because it wasn't planned that I launched a business. So I had an internship. Yeah. And I, it was a full-time internship too. So I said that I was hiring on Instagram because I wanted someone to take care of the client's work
0: mm-hmm. while I
1: was doing the internship full-time. Yeah, I ended up going back to Paris doing the internship for three weeks. In I was like, you know what, this is not working out. I want to do BMG full time, so I ended up quitting the internship earlier. And I still I was working with Jasmine at the time. Mm-hmm. And then you know it's kind of um, as you grow clients, you want to grow the social media managers coming yeah. in the agency. And interviews are super fun. I It's so funny because I'm only 26 and it's like, I don't even know what I'm doing. So <laughs> I needed to research a lot of things to do interviews. And yeah. I was Googling a lot of like questions that I should be asking and what I should look for. And again, it's really practice that has been helping me yeah. because the more I do them, the more I get more comfortable. But it's like, I need to take myself seriously at some point mm-hmm. and be like, okay, you're really interviewing for people to... Sometimes I feel like the interviewee are more serious than yeah. I am because I'm so <laughs> casual and laid back, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I feel that. So for yourself, what does it mean to be a young female entrepreneur?
1: I think it's it means strength because we we do it all. We're superwoman, really. Yeah. I'm never, I'm not like the biggest, biggest, you know, feminist uh, mm-hmm. like per se, but we do so much. And the building a team as a woman, I feel, it is kind of like a it's kind of weird to say this because I don't have kids I'm not Mm -hmm. a mom but it's kind of like this maternal instinct also where you know I'm nurturing the people in the team for them to be their best self for them to Mm -hmm. be comfortable for them to grow uh with the business and with me so I feel like this is something that maybe I'm sure men do have have it but we really like it is in our nature I feel like
0: yeah yeah no I 100% agree Um, And being based in Canada, do you ever feel like at a disadvantage um, with clients or potential clients compared to like if the company was like in Europe or the States?
1: Yeah, so the beauty of it all is that we can work with anyone who is uh, in the United States, in Europe. We actually have clients in Paris, in New York, Miami, L.A. Uh, So, you know, we work with people who are in the States and it's actually... It's so special because we speak French and English. So we can really tackle both market. And because I'm French also, and I lived in New York, so... People trust me, and mm-hmm. they actually love that we're Canadians because everyone loves Canadians. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> um, so, what's one piece of advice you'd give to anyone that's looking to start their own business?
1: I think do your research in terms of what you want your business to be and to look like in two years from now, and five years from now, and ten years from now. I know ten years could seem really far, but it were it it were, happened so fast, and mm-hmm. two years and now I wish that. And it's nice actually looking at the goals and the things that I had written of what I would want BMG to be in two years because I had written I would like an office and two years in we have an office. So writing those goals down are really, really helpful. I would say also to set yourself, what are what is your vision for your company? What is your mm-hmm. mission for your company? And what are your company's values? Because the yeah. values that we have implemented now in the company's culture, we use them every single day. And it's so key to have them for the team, for the clients, for yourself. Yeah. It sets the tone of your company, basically.
0: Yeah, for sure. So how do you come up with social media strategies for yourself and for your clients?
1: So it's a lot of, again, researching, brainstorming, mm-hmm. talking with the team, a lot of back and forth with the clients, depending on, you know, if they're launching a brand, if they already launched and they they just need to continue the yeah. whole process of posting if they're closing down, that's another strategy. Mm-hmm. And it happened to us recently with the COVID case client who had to close down. It's a lot of, of open communication with the client and hearing out their needs. And then us writing down everything on like Google Sheets and keeping everything organized and then creating the content from the concepts that we wrote down.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you know what's trending on social media? And how do you kind of keep track of like all the new trends?
1: And that, well, that's the thing. It's that it's ongoing. We're mm-hmm. always researching for new trends, new videos, new audios. It's like a never-ending job. And that's also why when people sign with us and or don't sign with us, but tell us, you know, oh, your prices are a bit um, expensive. Well, it's because there's constant, constant, constant research in the new trendings. And, you know, as well as I do, there's always new features, yeah. uh, always new you know things coming out on instagram on tiktok on facebook linkedin everything like right now two days ago when they launched the instagram notes uh, yeah. over, the, over the dms yeah oh
0: my god we had to re-strategi- re-strategize everything and, and i don't even think they spoke future. about it i literally just swiped no. on my dms one day and like it was just there and i was like what is this and then girls i was talking about it same and
1: then we needed to do it for all of our clients so imagine adding this surveys for all of our clients and it's like every day you put a little mini note sticker mm-hmm. it's such a fun feature don't get me wrong but yeah this is just we have to reinvent ourselves all yeah. the time and, and it's like the unexpected value- things too yeah, like exactly. Sometimes it's like Adam Mosseri doesn't warn us; it's just yeah. out there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, literally. So, how important is branding and aesthetics for businesses, and how do you recommend someone figure out what their branding or aesthetic should be?
1: Yeah, that's so fun because we actually just had a branding, rebranding prospect client call us this morning, and we're gonna rework on her feed. So it's so important because it is the way that people are going to remember you on social Mm -hmm. and, you know, also physical, if you have a store, But the colors, the fonts, the way that you use graphics, that you put your layouts all together on Instagram. It's just so important. Like I can't stress enough about it. And for example, right now with a prospect client who wants to rebrand, we're going to ask her, okay, well, we mood board of what you like and of Mm -hmm. what you don't like, because we need, we really need to see also the things that you would not want to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, we need to see the things that she would not want to be basically and things that she want to, that inspire her, that is really her. And what's the, the coolest part about this part of the creative process is that we want to translate a page that is really the client's true self. Yeah. And so it's such a cool job. Like Alex is the graphic designer on our team. And we just called with her today and with Alex and the prospect Mm -hmm. client. And Alex basically dodges down all these ideas and all the colors and the fonts. And then we narrow everything down to like the perfect branding for the
0: client. Love that. Yeah, I feel like branding is so important and aesthetic too. Because like, especially for like all the places I shop at that are small businesses, like when you go on their page, like, you know, it's them. For bigger businesses, I feel like it's a little more difficult. Yeah, but for small businesses, the colors they use, the type of font they use, everything like you just can tell it's them.
1: Can I tell you a funny story of the yeah. <laughs> branding behind BMG, uh BMG's colors? Yes. So for two, for two years, I had this first website that I had made when we launched, and we didn't have this aesthetic on our Instagram page. It was kind of a bit of everything beige colors and nothing really set and done. And then we uh we worked with a graphic design agency in the States to redo the whole website, and we needed to have colors and fonts in and everything. And we, I was struggling so much with the colors. I was like, what am I going to do? I just, I know what I like. I know what I don't like so hard when it's your own business. And Noemi, our community manager, walked in uh, my room one day, came in with this gold based creamy color outfit, incredible outfit on her with like a sleek braid with mm-hmm. her blonde hair and had little heart earrings from Italy <laughs> that had a really cool red to it. It was like a... You know those hearts, those Tiffany hearts that are yes. red. Yeah. Like so that. it was it was kind of those this red. So she came in and I was like, "Oh my god, this is BMG's colors: the gold, the beige, the neutral colors with the pop of red." And this is how everything started.
0: Love that. It's so much fun when there's like a fun little story behind it, rather than just like, "Oh, I just yeah. put some colors." I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, what would you describe? engaging content as and how do you kind of create a buzz around content and make it engaging for the person that's viewing it
1: so we i always love to say to make it educational but fun at the same time mm-hmm. so you're really teaching something to someone and at the same time it's beautiful it, it's aesthetically pleasing yeah. and just you know <laughs> if someone sees it first glance they're going to be like ooh this is nice now let me read more about it i mm-hmm. think that it takes 2 seconds to get someone's attention so you really want to have a really properly done post that really teaches something to someone.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, And so when creating, do you like create content planners for, um, is that what it's called? Yeah, content planners or calendars for your clients?
1: Yeah, we do this also. So we haven't done that in a while, but we used to do it at the beginning. This is more for clients who want to do the content themselves, but they just need like a list and a calendar and kind of like a structure to when they should post. Mm -hmm. So we've done that in the past. And we also do the, like the calendar is created by us with the client's color and it just fits you know their aesthetic and then they just have to plug in some different concepts but we are the ones plugging them first and then if they want to edit change add something then they also have access to it
0: okay when you create the content for the clients um do they just like send you like their products if it's a product or how does that sort of work and how do you take the pictures and where do you take them
1: yeah so for clients who have a product we always get it they send it to us for us to take the pictures we have like mini studios in the office now okay. and you know everything is more legitimate but before when we it was from home it's such funny stories and funny behind the scenes because we just worked with what we had so mm-hmm. you know we made little studios with uh with sheets with bed sheets uh with napkins with really anything that worked that looked as like a backdrop so in the end, we make it work, and that's—it's mm-hmm. so fun. It's so much fun. And
0: it's also cool to see like the evolution from like then, like using blankets and stuff to now having like those mini studios. It just shows like your growth as well.
1: Yeah, and to just also that y- you can make anything work. Mm-hmm. You don't have to stress because you don't have, you know, a little backdrop studio or a big one, and you can really use whatever is at your disposition and it will work out. Yeah, it's, you know, it makes me think of you know Melissa Wood
0: yes yeah
1: so she had posted uh that she started with just her phone in the middle of her apartment with a workout video and then showing today what's her studio looking like which is you know this big space and Mm -hmm. camera crew everywhere filming her workouts but she said like she couldn't afford a tripod at the time and she just put her phone flat with like books so it would you know stand there but you start you have to start somewhere and Mm -hmm. then build up on that
0: exactly and you can even see it within like content that you create like if you I'm sure if you go look back two years ago at the content you created for brands then and now like you could just see like how much better you've gotten the growth that you've gotten from that
1: yeah it's cool because we have kind of a living portfolio that's yeah. out there if people scroll down all the way they'll see mm-hmm. the first
0: ever post and you can see how it changed and, yeah you know how it evolved all those years yeah, I love that. Um, So what advice would you give to someone who's having issues creating a community aspect around their brand?
1: So I think it's really important to stay true to yourself. And I know it's something that is so overheard, you know, right and left. But it's true when you're if you're someone offline, be the same person that you are mm-hmm. online. It's really going to gain a lot of trust with your audience. And yeah. it's also really nice that you don't have to be two different person. You know, it's it's so draining to be someone you're not on social. Yeah. So if you're trying to grow your community then be yourself. Post whatever makes you happy to be uh complicated. Post whatever makes you happy. People will really feel it through the screen, I believe. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think authenticity is like the most important thing's and like relatability because you can tell when some like you said when someone's putting on like an act versus someone just being laid back and literally themselves. And I feel like that'll help your brand grow and it'll help like your audience relate to you more
1: yeah a hundred percent I couldn't agree more
0: um so the last part of my podcast I asked people on Instagram to ask you questions and I picked two of my favorite ones so the first one is actually for me it's difficult but not difficult at the same time but if you could only use one social media platform for the rest of your life which one you, would you choose and why Instagram what about you I which choose Instagram but right now like I don't I'm not doing that well on TikTok and I just post funny things but I feel like For like my personal life, I love going on TikTok because there's so like there's so many random things that you can find on there and it's so fun and it's like not like it never gets boring. Um, But like Instagram is always going to be like my number one. I just
1: feel like Instagram has everything combined of all Mm -hmm. the social media platforms in one. And that's why I love it so much. And now, you know, you can see the places, the hashtags, the audio, the videos, the video stories. It has everything.
0: Mm Yeah, no. I yeah, for me it would be
1: on Instagram. <laughs>
0: um, and the last question I have for you today is: What is your favorite project your company has worked on so far?
1: So we work with a lab-grown diamond jewelry, uh, based in Belgium. Okay. It was right. They were one of our first clients, and we worked with them for two full years. And the reason why we ended was because of their success. Like it was a real success story. Uh, they were so successful that they needed someone in house and not agency anymore. And we really built everything from scratch. So we got verified. We got them to 20,000 followers. We worked with multiple big influencers and did all the partnership and managed those partnerships. We learned, I learned so much from them. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a success story. The way it started, the way it ended, it was kind of like a healthy breakup also because it was kind of like the end, the end of our story really. So this is something that I'm so proud of. Also working with, big clients uh I don't know if you've ever heard of imagine it done yeah So we worked with them last year for a few months and you know it's so cool that these people are online and I reach out to them and because I created this relationship with them for many many years they trust me and we get to work together afterwards it's such it's
0: magic yeah I love that and I love the first story too because like even though like the brand relationship kind of ended like with the agency and everything you were still there from the beginning. And you were like, you played a big part in their success story. And I'm sure they'll never forget that. So it's just fun to see like something that started from scratch and you grew it to where it is today.
1: Yeah, it was such a beautiful ending. I really saw it as like, this is a success story. This is not I shouldn't be I was crying of joy. I was like, I'm so happy for them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so nice. So that's all I had for you today. So thank you so much again for coming on. Um, Before you leave, do you want to shout out any of your socials where people can find you, where people can find your brand?
1: Yeah, for sure. So my personal page is at Sharon Brand and then the page for BMG is at Brands Media Group. And this is the same username for all social for BMG. So brands media group is just everywhere
0: linkedin pinterest tiktok all of it awesome well thank you so much again for coming on thank you amanda it was so nice speaking with you thank you guys so much for listening to this episode i really really do hope you guys enjoyed it if you did please 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 don't forget to subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you're listening to it on leave a review i would really really appreciate it and don't forget to go follow sharon on her personal account and on her social media account i would love for you guys to go show her some love and support if you want to show me some love and support please don't be shy you can follow me either at behind the girl boss or at it's amanda Wan, and you can check out my youtube channel it's amanda Wan. i post a lot of lifestyle entrepreneurship and pop culture content on there and i would love your support we're trying to reach for 10k this year we are halfway through we are less than thousand two hundred away from that goal so if you're listening just go on youtube type it's amanda Wan, give me a follow i would really appreciate it but yeah thank you guys again for listening and i will talk to you guys next time bye guys